0: lie open in the long fresh grass the finger points look through like rosy blues your eyes smile peace the pasture gleams and glo- Billowing skies, that sky. Silver edge Where the cow Parsley sky Sunset search scrolls the dragonfly hangs like a blue thread loose. Someone to hurt you too deep, someone to sit in your chair, to ruin your sleep, to make you aware of being alive. In someone whose feelings you spare, someone who, like it or not, will want you to share a little, a lot, is being alive. To crowd you with love, someone to force you to care, someone to make you come through, who'll always be there, as frightened as you of being alive. much somebody know me too well somebody pull me up short and put me through hell and give me support for being alive make me alive Zoom. Oh. me with love somebody force me to care somebody let me come through I'll always be there as frightened as you to help us survive
1: Before we get further into our service, I must announce to you the passing of longtime church member Ruth Cowan. She died after a brief illness. Ruth and her husband Bruce joined the church in March of 1963. Bruce preceded Ruth in death in 2011. They raised their three children in our religious education program here. Ruth and Bruce were truly pillars of this community, as was Bruce's mother Eunice. And they were involved in a wide variety of activities and programs over the years. In particular, Ruth was an active member of the society for community work and she created the popular after church fireside room talks in which older members of the congregation told the story of their lives. She received the Reiner Award for her meritorious and tireless work in and beyond this religious community. The list of her activities is truly so very long. It's not appropriate right now to get into everything, but just know if you do not already that in her six decades as a member of this church, she was faithful, she attended services regularly and was committed in body, spirit, and with financial resources to the programs and ministries of this community, and she will be sorely missed. There will be a small graveside gathering on Sunday, August 29th at 2 p.m. at Mountain View Cemetery in Oakland, and there are plans to have a larger memorial service later in the fall to celebrate Ruth's wonderful and full life.
2: Welcome to all of you here, and to all of you joining us on live stream. My name is Mari Magaloni-Ramos, and our guest minister today is Reverend J.D. Benson. Many of you know her, and it is a real gift to be with her today. I'd like to take a moment to thank and acknowledge the folks whose efforts and talents are making this service possible. Our musicians, bass baritone Asher Davison, accompanist William Garcia gans pianist Mark Sumner, and song leader, the beloved Nancy Munn, who has returned after 10 years. And a thank you to Jonathan Silk, our sound specialist and AV specialist, Eric Shackelford and Shuli Ong on camera, Joe Chapeau, who is monitoring our chat and can help you with any problems you may have getting connected today. We'd like to thank Thomas Brown, our sexton, for helping us function in our building today, Judy Payne for the beautiful flowers we have decorating our space, and Alexander Dar, Les James, and Tom Brookshire, who will be hosting the Coffee Hour. If this is your first time watching, again, thank you for joining us. You can follow along in the order of service, which is available in the description of this video and is emailed to everyone who receives the newsletter. We invite you to sign up for it through the link to our connection form, which you can find in the order of service and in the video description. I'd like to call attention especially to our featured artists, UUSF members, Barbara and Gordon Sizelove. You can view a full gallery of their work on our website. A virtual reception will be held on Thursday, August 26th, at 6.30 p.m. on Zoom. If you're with us for the first time, I'd like to encourage you to download the order of service this morning so you can follow along. You can access it, again, in the description of this video. It's posted in the chat, and it's emailed to everyone who has signed up for our newsletter. Today's service is called I Know Nothing. What is it? to surrender, to let go of having to know, to do, and to let it be enough that the elements sing. And so we begin by lighting a candle as we have each week since the stay-at-home orders have been in place in honor of all of you bringing your spirit into this space until such time that we might all be together again. And now, from wherever you find yourself, let's sing our first hymn of the morning together. It's hymn number 30, Over My Head. The words and music are in the order of service.
3: trouble.
2: say with me the words of our chalice lighting printed in the order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Well, let's center ourselves now in worship by singing our meditation on breathing. The words are in your order of service. If this is your first time singing it, you can listen to our song leader and then join in. We'll be singing it through a few times.
4: When I breathe in, I'll breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love when I breathe in. I breathe in peace when I breathe out. I breathe out love when I breathe in. I breathe in peace when I breathe out.
2: join me as we say our covenant and sing our doxology. The words of the covenant are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom and to help one another. Recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of natural and human catastrophes, we ring our gong today in honor of such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first as we have since July of 2019 for those lives held and those lives lost in federal custody in our detention camps for the mounting trauma to children separated from their families, for all the people held without charges in less than transparent or humane circumstances in this repeat of some of the most shameful chapters of our nations and our world's history of xenophobia, racism, and greed. We ring the gong seven times this week of days, in which human dignity has been dismissed, and for our responsibility for that as citizens of this country. We also ring it for the people of Haiti, whose suffering, already amplified in the extreme by an earthquake, has been brutally exacerbated by weather, which is making it difficult to administer aid. We ring our gong additionally once for the losses this week of COVID-19. This last week, 67,408 people died of COVID-19 globally, 5,622 in the United States alone. We hold in our hearts all of these losses, each one of the people precious and worthy of health and safety. And we hold in gratitude all who are working around the world to produce and distribute vaccines and all other efforts to support greater health, survival and immunity from the virus. So much to remember and hold. May we keep those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week Howsoever we can. It was a summer day in Tampico, Mexico. The sun was directly above and the sky was white-hot. I remember walking between my two older brothers, Nacho, who must have been around nine years old at the time, and Beto, who was around seven. They held hands with me easily, the way that siblings from large extended families do. We were serene and quiet as we made our way along a seemingly endless dirt path that had been worn into the low-lying scrub. I was about four years old, and at my young age, I didn't wonder where the path led or even why we were on it. I was in that unfledged season of life before school bells and expectations could impose their order, and my days unfolded. As easily as dreams. As far as I was concerned the rhythmic scraping of our child-sized footsteps on the dry path was as much a part of its unfolding as its presence was in animating our course. It was enough for me to walk hand in hand with my brothers and to take in the day. We'd been walking for a while When we saw a patch of wild sunflowers growing in an unruly cluster a short distance away, their presence in the dry landscape seemed peculiar. Even from our vantage point, we could tell that they were taller than us by several feet, and their wild coarseness startled me. They were standing next to the path, giving off a weirdly pugnacious energy, almost as if they were a pack. My brothers must have felt the same unease that I did because they began to slow their pace. We would have veered off, we would have had to veer off the track and work our way through the scruffy sticker-covered terrain in order to avoid them, so we inched our way forward haltingly, like restive kittens. When we finally reached the sunflowers, the three of us froze in amazement One sunflower towered above the rest. I remember her face. Yes, the sunflower's face. Her head, big and heavy as a cast iron pan, sat atop an abrasive gray-green stalk that was as thick as a small tree trunk. Her scraggly flame-colored petals didn't reflect light so much as claim it. And her face that amazing, terrible face. It was an otherworldly cluster of dull raised bumps and confusing holes with gnats buzzing and crawling in it. And there were no familiar features for my eyes to land on. It made me dizzy. I never imagined that something so dreadful could share my world. Yet there she was. We could feel the force of her substantial spirit. It's what had stopped us in our tracks. She loomed over us, and the giant sunflower made no effort to soften her countenance on account of our tender age. In her raw determination to prevail over the parched landscape, she had no time for us. All my brothers and I could do was stand there, eyes and mouths wide open, and witness her. Her ferocity hit me like a tempest. It slammed me with a profound sense of awe. The universe seemed to burst open, shattering the cocoon of my childhood, leaving me feeling untethered. And for the first time, I sensed I could be lost. And I understood that my brothers were a miracle, that in the casual gesture of their little hands reaching out to hold mine, there was an act of grace so powerful that it was capable of resisting the pull of the entire voracious universe. A mystery capable of saving me, of grounding us in love.
0: my veins, let me be empty, oh weightless and maybe I'll find some peace. Dark, cold hotel room and the endlessness that you fear. You are pulled from the wreckage of your silence. May you find some comfort here So tired of the straight line Oh, and everywhere you turn There's vultures and thieves at your back The storm keeps on twisting You keep on building the lies That you make up for all that you lack It don't make no difference escaping one last time it's easier to believe in this sweet madness oh this glorious sadness that brings me to my knees in the arms of Away from here, from this dark, cold hotel room and the endlessness that you fear. You are a poor. Of your silent reverie you're in the arms
1: in the spirit of prayer, meditation, and reflection. Holy Oneness, we are grateful for our community of love and care. May we show compassion and care for the sick, the isolated, may we be grateful for what healing moments of peace in mind, body and spirit that we do have and share among us. We pray for the people of countries torn by greed, ignorance, violence. We pray for the people of Afghanistan who for more than 30 years have endured the ravages of war, war in which our country has participated covertly and in the past 20 years overtly. We pray for the people of Haiti to honor those who have died in the recent earthquake and in particular we pray for the injured, the missing, and their loved ones still holding out hope. We pray for the world's children, at least half of whom are or soon will be negatively impacted by climate change. We pray for the world's leaders that they may open their minds and hearts and take the necessary action to prevent the worst of climate change now forecast to come. May we have the courage, the strength, the will to put all the resources necessary toward healing and not further destruction. May we feed the hungry, nourishing food. May we house the now homeless who seek housing with proper accommodation. May we not let our ideas of perfection keep us from doing the good. May we be willing and able to nourish, to be kind, to bring out the best in one another and to forgive ourselves and each other help one another, help one another to rise up when we stumble and we surely will. May we aim high with moral courage and humility as well. May we recognize our common humanity and in that recognition, draw closer toward becoming a true beloved community. May it be so. Let us now, wherever each we are, separate yet as one, take a moment for silent reflection. Blessed be and amen. I offer this reading this morning, a poem by Wendell Berry, The Peace of Wild Things. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night, at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting for their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world, and am free.
2: Our special offering today will be for Friends of the Urban Forest. Through a comprehensive roster of programs, Friends of the Urban Forest are greening San Francisco by providing free trees while bringing neighbors together and empowering citizens to make their neighborhoods greener. Some of you may have already benefited from having trees planted on your street. Friends of the Urban Forest plant trees with an eye towards environmental justice and climate change mitigation. We thank you in advance for your generosity.
0: The birds they sing at the break of day. Start again, I heard them say. what has passed away, or what is yet to be. Yeah, the wars, they will be fought again. The holy dove, she will be caught again. that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. For signs, the signs were sent. The birth betrayed, the marriage spent. Yeah, the widowhood of every government. Signs for all to see. I can't run no more with that lawless crowd while the killers in high places say their prayers out loud. But they've summoned up a thundercloud. They're gonna hear from me. Ring the bells that still can ring Forget your perfect offering There is a crack A crack In everything That's how the light gets in You can add up the parts won't have the sum you can strike up the march there is no drum every heart every heart to love will come but like a refugee ring the bells that still can ring forget your perfect offering there is a crack a crack in everything that's how the light gets in 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 in.
1: I was never one to want to carry much equipment. In my 20s, I played softball, and I was okay with just a mitt and cleats. As a child, I sang in choirs and was grateful I didn't have to lug around a a tuba or a violin. Of course, I wanted piano lessons, nothing to carry there. But we couldn't afford such things so the fact that I had a decent enough voice to carry with in and through me that was quite enough. Now I've taken up swimming, another activity I did briefly in my younger days, swimming in a pool to which I have access, and I am grateful and don't take the privilege for granted. The water's warm and clean. The lines on the bottom of the pool guide me when I swim freestyle, and the ceiling tile frames keep me centered in my lane when I do the backstroke. The equipment is light, something to keep my hair back, earplugs because water in my ears makes me dizzy and and sore, and, and a nose clip mostly to remind me to breathe in a way that prevents me from taking in too much water. And oh yes, goggles. When the roof is retracted on a sunny day, it's blinding and I prefer the backstroke to any other. My form needs a lot of work, I'm sure, but it's good enough backstroke. I'm not looking to compete. I get in the pool, utterly unrecognizable, I'm sure, which is part of the joy of it, really. I feel anonymous in my own little world and away from all the chattering on the deck or in the locker room about politics, about current events, or events that chatterboxes are themselves about to do or have done or wish for or worry about. I'm away far, far away, and in my own narrow 25-yard lane. I keep count of laps, or I plan to anyway, not that I swim that many. I'm slow, over a minute each lap, a deliciously slow pace, and my mind wanders. I peer up at the clock. It's been four minutes already? Is that lap three or five I just finished? And I find myself thinking about Mari's reflection. I'd just read it before getting into the pool with that larger than her flower, that sunflower that amazed and frightened and how holding hands with her brothers helped her face this unknown, this unfamiliar. Of course, it's not just children who have fears of the unknown. Even the biggest, the baddest of us all feel fears sometimes and in these times, we've all had times dwelling in fear, in the who knows and the not yet but, but when. In these times, It's a phrase that distinguishes now from other times. It suggests some context, a a container, if you will, as if there is a cohesiveness about time and events. We are meaning seekers after all, we human beings. And putting this time, these times, in a phrase like that settles everything in a neat little box as if life itself can be put in a neat little box, like, like a photograph in a well-constructed frame. But we can't. What's going on at any time is neither neat nor comprehensible, not really. And for the most hardcore of us meaning makers, that's a scary thing. What in the world makes sense. So much arbitrariness, so much contradiction. Lap seven, but there's something about making that turn at the end of a lap that disrupts my meandering mind. I don't turn neatly, cleanly, most turns. I have to focus so I don't clonk my head on the wall or turn too far to one side or the other of my lane and disturb the person in the next lane over, I love the peaceful glide once I do get turned around and I fall into reverie. When I was in Yellowstone this summer, I sat on a bench while my intrepid Mary took the long walk down a rocky path to see a waterfall. Walking all that way down would have meant walking all that way up. And I wasn't up to it just then and preferred to sit and look across the gorge at a tremendous cliff, massive, textured with crevices and outcroppings where I imagined there might be an occasional bird's nest, little critters and lichen making their way in those vertical spaces in the stone, those cracks. They look like color variations, like dividing lines, but they are cracks in the otherwise solid stone formed how many thousands of years ago? There must be something in the character of the rock and the power of the winds and rain over the years. And some of those cracks, there's a gap, no doubt, where light comes through and slight pockets too where soil fills in and wildflower seeds plant themselves, where flowers and things we call weeds grow. There are trees atop the cliff, hundreds in my viewing, I guess, maybe thousands behind those, a carpet of pine and I don't know what other kinds of trees. I only see rough forms and a deep green trees. They nurture one another by their roots. These trees, they give shade and homes to harmless lizards, and in ways they cannot protect themselves from, they host beetles that cause them harm. I hear the rapids below, and the birds making music overhead, contrasting contrapuntal And I tap on the bench to add my improvisational layer, a thin thread that I imagine only I can hear so as not to disturb. And I feel very fortunate to be there in these times. My mental stress seeps out. I don't know much of anything about what I'm looking at, hearing or smelling, sensing in any way, and it just doesn't matter. I'm blessed to be in even an ancillary role at best of this particular wild. Am I now a part of the wild I wonder, tapping along as I am. What lap am I in now? At least I remember that going out from the locker room side is going to be an odd number lap and coming back toward it an even Is it 17? And then I think again about Mari's reflection as I raise one arm up and over and through the water and then the next, fluttering my legs, glad to be working on making them strong again. It makes me glad for her, for little Mari who felt comforted and safe and warm holding her brother's hands in the face of that towering over her sunflower and for adult Mari too, who has such a memory, what a gift that was and is for her and I imagine for her brothers too. What makes us feel safe? What helps us through our fears, little and large? We don't all have loving brothers loving others. Buddhist teacher Pema Chodron tells us to welcome fear, to smile at fear, to say, hello. Welcome the feeling in, she says, befriend it. She wrote that we need to begin all of that by reaching out, reaching out to other people, to the people who come into our own lives our family members, our neighbors, our coworkers, our community members, and we need to work on ourselves. I glide, glide, glide through the water in the pool. What am I afraid of? Of all the things I do not know? Of all the things I cannot begin to know or control, even in the slightest? My son, Seth, when he was about three, was helping me as a three-year-old might with a project outdoors. We both had on protective goggles and I had an electric sander that he held with me, gliding it up and down a piece of wood as I showed him how to do. It was then that he said, Mama, JD, you know everything. I was so surprised and even though I knew that much that it wasn't true, I felt a bit prideful because he seemed in that moment so proud of me, maybe a tiny bit in awe. It was 10 years later when in an argument he shouted at me, you don't know anything and slammed the car door where I dropped him off as much as that moment when he was three gave me a good feeling this angry thunder felt many times that awful but you know that time he was right i didn't know anything nothing of the turmoil the level of conflict he was experiencing at that time. I didn't know he needed more help than I was providing, more and maybe different good guidance. I wrote it off, thought of it as, well, teenage hormones doing their thing. I hadn't a clue. In time, my fears grew through his teen years, some well-founded fears, about what he might be going through, what I might be able to do better to support him. And I questioned if I even could. Those times, those were the hardest and scariest for me. Are there parents listening today? Do you relate? I was afraid of my helplessness to make everything all right for him. You can know that you cannot make everything all right for your child, but you can still fret, wish that you could. Our children, our children do not belong to us, we know that. They belong to themselves, and once they reach a certain age, they are our advisees at best, not our wards. 23 laps, or is it 21 or 25, you know in the water you can cry for whatever reason and no one sees, no one else knows and when I do, and I do, my goggles get so I can't see clearly and so I stop along the pool wall long enough to at least shake out the goggles and place them back on and continue COVID-19 has brought with it to many, if not all of us, a fear not experienced otherwise in our lifetimes. Unlike the AIDS pandemic and HIV, the virus associated with it that is transmitted by blood, COVID-19 is airborne. When my beloved, and many of you know her, Mary Gans, When she started saying last spring, when will I get to see my grandchildren again? Or will I? When will I be able to hug them again? I don't know about you, but I had been caught up for a time with a sort of fatalism about COVID that maybe it was not a question of if, but when, but hearing my Mary's pain about our grandchildren That was a turning point. We had a way to travel that was as safe as there is, a van, self-contained, a privilege to be sure, and one that, frankly, I was quite ready to take advantage of. I told fear, I told fear, all right. I said, hello, and I gave it a smile, and then I ordered it to take a back seat. We were heading east. We set out to go to Colorado first, see how that felt. Was it safe enough? And then go another few hundred miles and check again, not going in a straight line at all. We stopped to see family and friends, only outdoors. And we stopped in parks, national state and town parks along the way, another of Mary's dreams to visit as many parks, especially national parks, as we can in these later years. In the end, we had driven nearly 10,000 miles over 57 days, wending our way east and home again. We made it to the grand boys in Boston. And it felt a little like, if not having truly befriended fear, at least letting it travel with me, but not boss me. Not all the time anyway. It's easier, I think, to go into fight mode for family. Is that true for you? When I do know how they suffer, that is. It's easier than to face my own deepest fears. 24 laps in 30 minutes, just keep going, no point to it, none grander than to just keep going. I know that when I get out and into the locker room, I'll hear more about politics and news of the day. When I get home, I'll open my computer and the news bulletins will pop up. Another wave of COVID pandemic across the globe, 20 years in Afghanistan, and the death and destruction that we've been a part of, a hurricane in Haiti with horrifying impact, conflict over masks in the schools, the California recall insanity, a rise in temperatures, 1,300,000 acres burned so far this season in California alone. And if I click on the link, I can learn more. It's not a sign of especially good character, I believe, to make oneself read all the articles, watch all the news broadcasts, and do, do, do without balance, without taking time to shut it all off and create healing space for oneself. It's not a sign of disinterest or selfishness to take care of one's mental health, one's emotional life, one's physical needs, health and well-being. I can click on that info link later, and maybe I will, maybe, maybe, but for now, lap 30-something? Join us in singing hymn 184.
2: Be ye lamps unto yourselves, we will sing it three times through.
1: Let us not do that which we know to be evil but to do the good we know to be of the highest. Let us help one another to do that good near and far apart as we are. And may we be in good health and care for ourselves as we care for the world. Amen and blessed be.
0: I hope that the world stops raining, stops turning its back on the young. See, nobody here is blameless. I hope that we can mix all that we've done. I really hope Martin can't see this. I hope that we still have a dream. I'm hoping that change isn't hopeless. I'm hoping to start it with me. I just hope I'm not the only one. Yeah, I just hope I'm not the only one. I hope we start seeing forever Instead of what we can gain in a day I hope we start seeing each other Cause don't we all bleed the same I really hope someone can hear me That a child doesn't bear the weight of a gun Hope I find a voice within me To scream at the top of my lungs I just hope I'm not the only one Yeah, I just hope I'm not the only one Louder, I cannot hear you How can things be better left unsaid? Call me, call me a dreamer But it seems that dreams are all that we've got left Ooh I hope we still have a heartbeat I hope we don't turn to stone At night when you turn the lights off I hope you don't cry alone. I hope we start taking for granted all of the land and all of the sea. I'm taking a chance on loving. I hope that you'll take it with me. I just hope we're not the only ones. Oh, I just hope we're not the only ones. I just hope we're not the only ones The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to UUSF.org.